Hey everyone, Panneries here. So the other day I was driving to my in-laws with my wife and kid and we had the radio playing and that Alanis Morissette song, Ironic, comes on. Now I'm not going to go on a whole rant about how Alanis has no idea what irony actually is and at best, this is Murphy's Law. My wife and I didn't even have that conversation. No, we just talked about how ironic is simply a terrible, terrible song and then talked about how a friend of ours used to play Jagged Little Pill incessantly during our first year of college. Then I got stuck on trying to remember the title of one of the songs, a love song I remember my friend's girlfriend making their song. Usually my memory is solid and while the title track was on the tip of my tongue, I couldn't think of it. And when we got home, I had to use Google. Let me tell you, I felt so defeated, because the last thing I want to do is Google something I already know. Fucking Alanis. Alright, let's get things started. Pop Culture Affidavit, episode 43. Yet another rambling January podcast episode. What's up? <sighs> I hate January. I'm so depressed I can't even be bothered to move my mouth when I talk. I know. Even the word sounds depressing. January. I've got a smile on my face and I've got four walls around me. Got the sun in the sky, all the water surround me. Oh, you know, yeah, I win now. Sometimes I lose. I've been battered, but I never bruise. It's not so bad. And I say, wait, hey, hey, it's just an ordinary day, and it's all your state of mind. At the end of the day. Just got to say it's alright Hello and welcome to episode 43 of Pop Culture Affidavit A podcast that covers everything random in the world of popular culture Which is brought to you by the Two True Freaks Network of Podcasts I'm your host Tom Panneries and it's the beginning of January means it's time for another episode where I just kind of hang out and talk and sigh and stop listening and we all have a big laugh. But really, I don't have a specific format for this episode because I guess that's a good way to start the year because, well, I don't have a specific format for the year either. Later, I'll spend a little bit of time telling you about something I'll be doing later this year, but for the most part, I'm going back to my format of monthly episodes about random topics. I would like to make this podcast twice monthly, and I might give that a try later this year. But my schedule, well, it's it's about finding time and all that sort of stuff. But before I get to anything or the rambling stuff or anything like that, I do have an email to share. And this one comes from Sean Engel, who runs the Just One of the Guys podcast, which you can find over the Two True Freaks Network, just like this one. And he writes, Hey, Tom, first off, I hope that you and your family are having a happy, cozy, and fun Christmas-slash-holiday-slash-life day this December. And I wanted to write in and say thank you for the top 12 pop culture affidavit Christmas songs of all time, at least for now. 
You had some excellent choices that ran the gamut of Christmas songs from some obvious geeky choices, Bob Rivers and Weird Al, to Christmas rock classics, The Kinks and the Ramones, and even some unexpected choices, The Carpenters and Sarah McLaughlin. I especially love the long-distance dedication and the resulting outtake riff on Casey Kasem's own rant. It brought me back to the discussion that you and Stella had about Dick's assumed love of 80s pop music. Uh, Stella and I had that discussion, by the way, on an episode of Taking Flight from back, I think it aired right around this time, right around in December. Uh, You can go check it out over in the Batman universe if you'd like to. Back to Sean's email, though. But the best part of that show was that Fairy Tale of New York took your top spot. Ever since Andrew Leyland and Thomas DJ played the song in various episodes of their respective shows, I've grown to love this wistful sentiment of the two down-and-out drunkards professing their love to each other in their own unique way. As I posted on Facebook, this is an episode that I've directly downloaded and put into my music folder so I can listen to it whenever the the mood strikes. I guarantee it will become, for me, a perennial holiday listening tradition. Have the happiest of Christmases and a fun, safe New Year. Sean. Thanks, Sean. I had a lot of fun putting that episode together. It was... um, I have... It's a holiday server, but... I was, um, every year I have like a whole section of Christmas music in my iPod that I've categorized as Christmas music on iTunes. So what I do is that right around the beginning of December, I think actually Thanksgiving weekend, uh, so that we can drive home from my in-laws listening to Christmas music, I load up all the Christmas music onto my iPod and it's something on the order of like 140 songs that I have. Um, and I have everything from, from the stuff that I played there to like all of this great classical stuff, um, a couple of collections of like colonial era Christmas stuff. I just, I, I enjoy holiday music and, uh, and I had a lot of fun just kind of making that mix and putting it together and, um, trying my best at a bad Casey case impersonation. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, that is it on the emails. We only had that one email and, uh, I will take a break now, but if you'd like to email the show, you can do so at popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. And when I get back, I'll start with Christmas and move along into just what's been going on. Hi folks, Sean Ingle here. And strange disembodied voice here. And we're here to talk about the new direction going on over at Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast. Like our in-depth coverage of the Howard Chaykin pen, Guy Gorker, collateral damage. No, because that book was utter sh. But we are moving into the Judd Winnick run on Green Lantern, where we'll get stories about psychotic ring wielders, teenage sexual identity issues, and Kyle becoming an nearly godlike bee. And yet, still not as weird as Guy Gardner's warrior face. Yeah, you may have a point there. Plus, we'll be covering the ancillary books that came out at the same time, including Circle of Fire, A Thousand and One Emerald Knights, The Black Circle Green Arrow Crossover, and so much more. Which will easily make up for not covering collateral damage. (sighs) Also, if you're subscribing to the show via iTunes, be sure to go to Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys to make sure you get new episodes updated weekly. So, they kicked you off the main feed? No, they just streamlined it, so the two True Freaks proper shows would only be on it. Are you sure it's not because Scott doesn't want a Green Lantern podcast on the network? Uh, no. In fact, he's spoken very glowingly about the show. I mean, he's even offered to come on into a guest bit. He said he really likes it, and despite his fact that he doesn't like Green Lantern all that much, he's come check out Just One of the Guys over at TwoTrueFreaks.com and subscribe in iTunes at Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys. You'll be glad you did. 
or double your money back. All right, and we're back. Um, Christmas is good. Uh, what's funny is that um, I've been listening to I've been listening to people's Christmas episodes. Andy and Michael did one recently, and they were talking about what they got and you know opening stuff up and, and looking at it. And I, you know, for for somebody who's like such a huge nerd and stuff, I didn't get a ton of. Um, I didn't actually didn't get any comics for Christmas. This is the first time I've, I haven't gotten any any actual trades or anything like that uh, in, in quite a number of years, but. I got I got some geek stuff. I got some novelty socks and and t-shirts and things. I picked up um Sanimal's Fire on Blu-ray. My wife got it for me. She's like this was sitting on your wish list. I thought I'd buy it because it's kind of cheeky. Uh she uh, my sister got me Star Trek 1 through 6, Star Trek the Motion Picture through Star Trek 6 the Undiscovered Country on Blu-ray to replace my VHS copies uh which I've had since 1986. So, or at least the the first th- first four, and then of course five and six I got when they came out on video. So um, that was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to actually sitting down and and, and looking at those because I haven't watched all six of those movies in in quite some time, to be honest. Um, I wasn't disappointed in the fact that I didn't get anything comic book related for Christmas, uh, mainly because I've been getting a lot. Uh, over the course of the last six months, because right around Free Comic Book Day, a little bit after that, my LCS uh, had a ton of trade backstock that I wanted to get rid of. So they just put it all in long boxes on a table in the front of the store and said, okay, they're all $5. And I've been kind of going nuts on those ever since because they'll put up showcases, they'll put up essentials, Chronicles, they'll put up whatever there is. And if it's interesting or if it's something I didn't have and wanted, I have been grabbing it because like five bucks for a trade, it's like going to a comic convention because that's what I do when I go to comic conventions. I I spend so much time going through those $5, $6 trade bins. It's where I, when I was in Baltimore, like I said, I got um all but two of the trades that I needed for a full run of the uh, trades of Strangers in Paradise. And the only reason... I didn't get the other two was because I couldn't remember what number my collection started at because years ago I read that um, series by borrowing trades from a friend up to a certain point and I started buying them myself and I loaned a couple out or long story short um, but I got them all for like five six bucks a piece so and, and it's been pretty cool so I've been gotten some really really good stuff um I let's see. I'm I'm looking at my thing right now. I got the the trial the no I got the trial of Flash in Baltimore. I got uh, Ghosts. Believe it or not, the the showcase presents Ghosts. I got uh, two Uncanny X Men essentials. I got Amazing Spider Man an Amazing Spider Man essential. I've gotten uh, a few random trades here and there. After Professor Allen and and Mike and Emily and Michael Bailey did um, the Kents back in. Uh, back in June, July, I found that in the bins and went and read it uh, as they were talking about it, which is really, really cool, a really cool find. Uh, in fact, Mike uh, Mike came up through Charlottesville on his way to on his way back from his high school reunion back in, I believe it was October, and me, him, and Stella, who doesn't live very far away from me, she's maybe about 9, 10 miles away from me, um, got together at at the comic store looked around a little bit mike found a 
I think he found like a British reprint or uh, or something uh, for pretty cheap. I picked up a couple of uh, things out of the 50 cent bin and uh, we had a good time. We went to a Chili's where the service was technically there. <laughs> I felt really bad about that. I still do. I'm like, shit, I should have taken, we should have gone to Red Robin or something. I just, you know, it was, um, but it was fun. Mike, Mike and Rachel are really, really great people. Stella is really, really nice. And having talked to them many times over uh, over Skype, it was really, really cool to, to finally meet them. And, and so that's uh, that's four people I've met through podcasting in person, including uh, that counts as Rob Kelly and Scott Gardner, the other two. So that was pretty cool back in October. Uh, but as far as getting back on Christmas, um, so yeah, I, I didn't get a lot of comics, but that was okay. Uh, I can always go out and get stuff. Um, and I'll get to comics in a bit. Um, Star Trek was, Star Trek was pretty sick, pretty awesome. And, uh, what was really cool though, was my, my wife, and my parents indulged my history nerd aspects. Um, I have this, uh, and I got three, three really, really cool books, two of which I've already finished reading. The third one is, is I'm, I'm looking at it right now and it's, it's, it's a thick one. Um, I got, uh, the first one of, uh, one book I got was called lies across America. It is the sequel to a great, great book on American history called lies. My teacher told me, uh, by James, I wanna, I'm going to mispronounce the name. I think it's Lewin or Lowen, Lowen. Um and his original first book, Life Me Teacher Told Me, is all about how what is wrong in high school uh, textbooks, American history textbooks, and Lives Across America goes from goes from state to state and goes through all these different historical markers and historical sites and just talks about the inaccuracies and how the narrative of American history has changed over the years and. And who has changed it, and who's been behind it, and and why they've changed it, what their motivations are, and things like that. And um, it was it was infuriating in some parts. It was fascinating in others. Uh, the book is a little old. I want to say the book was from the early two thousands or nineteen ninety nine or so. So there's there's probably more that he could add to it. But um, I would recommend picking it up, especially if you're if you're like me and you like kind of the the ins and outs of history in that regard um the other the, the other book I, I uh I got which I actually just finished reading tonight it's the coffee table book believe it or not but it's a it's a well researched coffee table book it's called lost uh, lost communities of virginia and it is just this gorgeous gorgeous book about um all of these towns and cities and villages in Virginia that have been um, not wiped off the map, but have because of oh changing times, the economy, things like that have almost disappeared. They're down to a few hundred people, maybe a bunch of abandoned buildings and things. And it's the history of each of these little towns and you know things like company towns, cultural centers, uh, different types of communities and. I have a I have a love for local history like that. I um uh, the town where I come from, Saville, I've got a couple of books on its history that have been published. And much of Saville's history is very very dry. There was like you know, okay, here's a bunch of um, oyster farming and uh, rich people who built resorts there, and then the war comes and it becomes the suburbs. Um, but 
I have an interest in that. I have an interest in local history. I have an interest in the history of the suburbs, which I'll get to in just a second. But uh, but this Lost Communities of Virginia book, like I said, it's, it is a gorgeous coffee table book. I was actually shocked that my parents got it for me, but it was really, really, really cool. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, but I mentioned the history of the suburbs. And the third book I got... Uh, is ties right into that as long as well as my New York City history nerdism that I have, and that is Robert Caro's book, The Power Broker. Uh, Robert Fa- Moses and the Fall of New York City. It is the biography of Robert Moses, and if you're unfamiliar with the history of New York City, uh, especially in the 20th century, Robert Moses is the name most attached to most of the landmarks or highways or things that that um, that make up the geography of New York City and Long Island. And um, in fact, I, when I was in college, worked at Robert Moses State Park. And um, I got into, I've always been kind of interested in, in that, in the history of Long Island and the history of of New York. Um, I got further into that because I listened to a podcast called The Bowery Boys, which is a wonderful, wonderful podcast that I can't recommend enough. The Bowery Boys is a uh, it's two guys who sit down, and each episode, they do about 45 minutes on one aspect of New York City history. It could be a building or a place. It may be an event, maybe a person. Uh, they've done series of episodes on kind of larger things. They did this great series last year on the history of uh, television in New York City. They've done a series on the history of the New York City Police Department. Um, and it, it's it's great stuff. It's entertaining, and they get like all over the the history of the of the area. Um, and I've known about this book, The Power Broker, which was written back in the seventies uh, for for years because my one of my writing professors in college, as we were studying, was my E. B. White professor. I took a class on E. B. White, and uh, she she was one of my favorite professors, and she gave me the New Yorker article that appeared prior to the release of the power broker that was kind of a condensed very condensed version or a teaser for it and uh that wet my appetite and i had been wanting to read this book for years and the only reason i never did was because it's a monster of a book um if you're familiar with robert caro he is not succinct and uh but now i'm like all right now i'm gonna be like all right i'm, I'm gonna do this so it's on the bottom. I'm staring at my reading pile right now. It's on the bottom of my reading pile. On the top of my reading pile is the Richard Ford short story collection, Rock Springs. Below that is The Great Gatsby. I have the third, fourth, and fifth books of A Song of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin to read. So, <laughs> And I also have a couple of other uh, of other uh, pieces of literature and things that, that I'm going to get through. The reading order of those might change at some point here or there. But... Um, but I'm looking. I'm looking forward to all this. Uh, and actually, the those of you who listen to the Earning My Ears podcast, which Scott Gardner and Scott Rifen just started doing this year, um, there's there's a little bit of an intersection there because Robert Moses was the person behind the 1964 World's Fair, the 1939 and the 1964 World's Fair, but the 1964 World's Fair especially is important to Disney because that's where the It's a Small World ride uh, made its first appearance. And there's and then the idea of different countries and states and things having different, having different pavilions come from that comes from that world's fair atmosphere and things like that so that's something that i that i'm looking forward to looking into and seeing what 
uh, is out there and 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 what he what he did. Um, Moses does not. Have, Moses has a kind of a conflicted reputation in New York City history and New York City politics uh, because of how he created the suburbs and because he how he went uh, went about everything and. And this is a period of New York City history that that I'm, I'm fascinated by. This is the latter half of the 20th century. I've read two great. Uh, I've read a couple of great books about it. Um, one being "Ladies and Gentlemen, the Bronx is Burning," which is about 77, mostly about the Yankees, but there is a whole 77 itself is a whole is profiled in there. And if you watch that, uh, there's that. There's there was a movie done. Uh, by ESPN that was halfway decent and then the same year that came out there was also a documentary called New York 77 the hottest year in hell which was about CBGBs and 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 just the dirty old 70s New York City and uh, so if you track those down those are worth it I'm trying to think of anything else that I've that I've read lately that pertains to New York City history but I think that's about it I also own a copy of Gotham which is that monster history of New York to 18, uh, it was 1888 or 1898. Um, have not got, I read a few chapters of that and have not gotten around to finishing it. The thing is a textbook, to be honest with you. So I got a lot of reading to do. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The, the big thing, the big get for my son, Brett, um, first of all, he's been getting into Legos over the last couple of years. And he and I, over the summer, built the Millennium Falcon. And, this year, my parents, man, my parents may have lost spent so much money. <laughs> my parents got him the AT-AT and the Star Destroyer. And uh, actually, just today, Brett and I did the first bag of Legos for the AT-AT. So we're going we're gonna to be working on the AT-AT over the course of the next couple of weeks, and then maybe the Star Destroyer. We also got the Moss Eisley Cantina set, so it's going to be kind of cool because we'll have a lot of Star Wars stuff to put together and maybe play. And that'll be fun. He got a couple of really cool Lego Star Wars books. Um, I bought him a book called Star Wars and a Hundred Scenes, which is basically all these different. You go from Episode uh, One from the Phantom Menace all the way to the end of Return of the Jedi, and it's all the different scenes, basically telling the whole story of all six um, films. And it reminds me, kind of, of uh, the storybooks that we used to get when we were kids. The um, I used to have the Star Wars storybook, where it was basically the a prose version of the story of Star Wars with a bunch of stills from the film in it and stuff like that. And and that's what, uh, and that's when I was in Barnes and Noble. Just I was buying him um, something else. I was buying him the Percy Jackson and the Olympians novels because he was interested in, in those. Um, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that looks really cool. So I got that. So. That'll be cool. He got and he his other big get was a Wii U. Um, he'd been wanting that for a while. He'd been playing the demo Target, and we're like, okay, well, we can afford it, so we got him that. And my parents, my in laws, got him a bunch of games. And one of the big games that he got was Disney Infinity, uh, the Avengers set. So he and I have been playing with um, that both in the toy box mode, so that we can play with some of the other characters he has aside from the Avengers ones. Like he got the one he really really wanted was Baymax. From Big Hero Six, and uh, I, I like, and he also got like Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse. And if you haven't played Disney Infinity, or if you have played Disney Infinity, but you haven't had a chance to play a couple of the Disney characters, I recommend getting Donald Duck because it is the most hilarious character. 
Um, he throws household items and he has a special power up where he takes out a hammer and just bashes everything around him. I'm stopping short of saying I've become a Disney person, but I have really rediscovered Disney in a way over the last couple of years, which is something which I didn't think would happen. I would like to give Scott Gardner credit. I'm sure he'd like to take the credit and I guess on some level he does, but, um, we took Brett to Disney world over the summer and I had forgotten how much I loved Disney world when I was a kid. Um, because I hadn't been to Disney World since 1990, and I, I'm we're going back in July, and I'm really really pumped up because I forgot how, but just how really they go out of their way to make this a a great place for like everybody, and there's so much of the Disney World that um I just really really enjoyed, and now I'm not thankfully I don't have a girl so. I'm, no offense to those of you guys who have girls, but I'm not knee deep in Disney princess shit. And and Brett likes you know his fair share of stuff. And yes, we do own a copy of Frozen, and I have seen it. And he has a stuffed Olaf, but I think beyond that, we're we're kind of steering clear of that stuff because that movie, as good as it was, has gotten completely annoying. But I don't know. I was like, I mean, I loved Epcot when I was a kid, and to go back to Epcot and do all the country stuff, and and then. Um, go to Hollywood studios and really, really rediscover that in a way that I hadn't when I went back in 1990 and it was still MGM studios and it was maybe had been open for like a year. I'm looking forward to seeing the animal kingdom more. Uh, cause we got like a day in that it was so crowded and we're like, you know, we didn't really get the chance to experience it. And I, and I liked staying in the resort. We, we had stayed at the wilderness wilderness lodge. Uh, we're going to be staying at the beach club. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, and, uh, Maybe Scott and I hook up again. I, I don't know, but I'm definitely, definitely going to do a Disney World podcast episode um, at some point in the year. In fact, I've got some stuff that I'm looking at for for this year. Uh, I've got a bunch of stuff that I've got kind of... <laughs> I have this list when I started out. The, the 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 blog I, I made this kind of like master brain dump of a list where I was okay like if I wanted to write about stuff in popular culture what would I write about and every once in a while when I'm looking for a topic I'll pull out the list I had typed it up and I've just been crossing stuff off and when I sat down last year to do 1994 I, I had shelved most of the stuff on that list breaking out some stuff on occasion of course but but for the most part that 1994 list kind of was its own separate list, and I did my best to cover everything that I wanted to. But now I'm like, okay, now I can get back to the sort of randomness that I had in popular culture. So there, there's there are movies that I want to cover. Um, there are uh, television shows that I want to cover. Uh, there's comics I want to do more comics on the podcast this year. So so I, I definitely have. In fact, I've got something that um, I'm going to tease now and I'll talk about a little more in depth toward the end of the episode. But there's something involving comics that I'm going to be doing as a mini-series throughout the year as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But last year, last year ended pretty well. I was really happy with the way this podcast was turning out. I've been enjoying doing in-country Taking flight is in and out of con in and out of consciousness. I guess is the best way you could put it. I put I've been I've reduced the episodes to monthly 
because my energy waxes and wanes. Every once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to read a couple of comics, I'm going to do an episode, and then I just don't want to touch the stuff on uh, with Robin and Nightwing and all that. And I, I just, I think, I think I've burned out a few times doing that, doing that podcast. But when I do it and I edit it and I post and I listen to it again, it sounds great. And I'm like, I enjoy this, but I, I just don't, I, I don't know what the mental block keeping me from getting that thing out on a regular basis without doing it like fits and starts is. So I'm working on trying to get some sort of schedule. Um, in country is easy for me to do because I actually record like six months worth of episode over the span of three weeks and I just release them as they're scheduled to come out. So if you're listening over to in country, the episodes that have come out that are coming out lately were recorded back in the end of June, the beginning of July. Uh, and then I'm going to write up a new batch probably in a few weeks just to, just to keep myself ahead of the game so I can come out on a regular bi-weekly basis. And that, and that show is very, very easy to put together because it's very formulaic. This show though, I mean, there's, there's kind of like in a way this shows my baby. Cause I'm like, this is the one where I get to do whatever I want. And um, not that I can't do whatever I want with any of the other shows, but there, there's no format, and, and, I, and I really enjoy what what I've been able to put together. And I'm so glad that that Scott, like I said, I'm so glad that I got invited uh, over to be on Two True Freaks back in July, uh, and then showed up here on September. Um, so, and thanks to to Trentus and thanks to Scott for. Uh, who Trent has mentioned it to Scott and Scott was like, yeah. And Scott, when I saw him invited me and invited me on and, and, and then Mike Voiles helped me get everything set up. So, so everybody guys, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, thank you for having me on some of your shows too. Um, if you haven't listened to one of the most recent episodes, the January 3rd episode of back to the bins, I'm on there, uh, despite our difficulties, and my having serious low voice through most of it, I, you can tell I'm rambling because I'm looking at my notes and I'm nowhere near where my notes are. I have this tendency to record trying not to wake anybody up. And um, you'll notice that when I hit like a B or a P, especially a as you heard with that P there, and I could just say, keep saying P, so you get the noise from the P. Um, yeah, I'll stop. I, I, I sit close to the mic so that the mic can pick me up. Now I have a blue snowball, so it picks up just about anything, and was including like the fan from my computer. But I also find that when I'm talking in a normal voice, it's a lot more deep and nasally than when I'm trying to actually, I don't say perform, but like do lecture voice. Um, being a teacher, it's being a teacher is the only time I ever get to practice some sort of performance sort of voice if I'm, I'm actually lecturing. And even then, I'm, it's not like I'm doing a rehearsed bit or something. And um, I wish I had a... <sighs> I, it's something I need to work on and practicing on getting that sort of perf 
more professional sounding voice off across the the podcast and I'm sure you're like well, her voice is fine but at the same time like I listen to I listen to a lot of other people anyway I have something on the order of what 49 unlistened to podcasts on my iTunes feeds right now and a lot of those some of those are done for much more money than this is done but at the same time and with people with a lot much more experience in this stuff than I am but at the same time I'm like okay I want, you know, that, that to what I love about that is that to me is a challenge to do a better job. So hopefully I'll be able to kind of, I don't know, train myself to, to sound clearer. I sound nasally half the time anyway. I think it's just my, I think it's just the tenor of my voice and my accent. Also, when my voice gets low, I don't want to say phlegmy, but I sound like I have a cold. And for some reason, half the times I pod, half the time I podcast, I get like the sniffles. I, I don't. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I have issues, but um, but yeah, I've I've looked at what I've really really enjoyed doing over the course of the year and looked at what I want to improve, which of course you always do. Um, and so that's kind of going to lead to what to look forward to this year. Uh, like I said, I definitely want to cover more comics, and uh. Definitely write more blog entries. That's something that kind of fell by the wayside here and there over the course of last year. Mainly because I run out of time for stuff. So, uh, and and I had a rough, rough first six months of the year at work. So the the last uh, the last half of the year at work was was actually a lot better. But um, that's something you'll definitely definitely want to look out for. Is that between episodes of the show, I plan to do what I should have been doing from the beginning, which I've been trying to do from the beginning, which is post one blog entry a week uh, with the episodes of the show being kind of the, okay, every three or four weeks, here's another episode of the show, and then there's a blog entry. And the blog entry is about things that, you know, I want to write about and cover but don't really feel the need to, you know, inflict an episode about upon you. Um, Like... And I haven't covered an episode of Degrassi High in like two or three years, but like stuff like that, or me taking a commercial from two decades ago and breaking it down and going through it. So I, I'd like to get back to doing more of that because that's fun. Um, I'm going to continue doing movies. Uh, I may do some more music stuff. I've definitely got some guests lined up. I'm going to talk about some books and things like that. Um, I, like I said, I want to cover more comics, and it's and I've been wanting to cover more comics since I started because I don't really cover a lot of comics on this podcast, and I love comic books. And the the tough thing when you're covering comics is that there's so I mean there's so many movie podcasts out there, and there's so many other podcasts out there about popular culture comics, especially. And I think I, I feel it more with comics because I listen to so many comic book podcasts. So I'm like. I'm looking at my my shelves right now, and I'm like, you know, hey, it would be cool to talk about um, some Teen Titans stuff or something. And I'm like, yeah, but somebody's already doing that. So that's kind of one of the one of the hesitations I think I always have about covering certain things on the podcast. Of like, has this been done? And has this been done in Two True Freaks? Like, you know, I might never talk about what I remember about Superman in the '90s because it's been done over from crisis to crisis which i know is not a true true freak show but you know 
I've been listening to that since I started listening to podcasts. Or I'm I'm not going to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, because you know Scott and Mike are gearing up for what I'm look, been looking. I've been looking forward to that Crisis coverage for like so long. But I've got some indie stuff that I really would like to look at. I've got some other stuff that I'd like to do. So I figured, hey, why not? And the one thing I am doing this year is I'm going to do a 12-part miniseries. And it's, it's going to be on the same feed, just a, a different numbering, kind of a in-between episodes. Um, episodes in between episodes. It's going to be called 80 Years of DC Comics. Uh, DC Comics was founded in 1935. And so it is the 80th anniversary of the company. So what I decided to do is I'm going to take 12 episodes and focus on DC Comics. Now, I'm not going to go through the chronological history of the comic company. I'm not going to talk about all the superhero characters. I'm going to spend two episodes in superheroes, the first and the last. The first one um, will probably be out hopefully in a few weeks. Uh, the last one will be out toward the end of the year, and there's this very specific superhero series I want to focus on for that. Between them, I'm going to grab all of, as many as I can of the non-superhero genres that DC has published in its history. So, sword and sorcery, action adventure, western, funny animals, horror going to see if I can track down a Jerry Lewis comic, you know, that sort of stuff, the sort of random romance, random history of DC uh, over the course of 12 episodes, just to put a little bit of a spotlight on the other stuff that the company has published uh, that might not be what it is famous for. Uh, and, and so you can expect that hopefully once a month over the course of 12 months uh, on the podcast as kind of the alternate episode for uh, the pop culture affidavit episodes, and that and that's kind of what I've got planned for this year. Like I said, this is kind of a rambling mess of an episode. It's me just kind of podcasting off the cuff. I'm going to have another episode in a few weeks. If things work out, I will have a guest on that episode. We'll be discussing some stuff about books and movies. Uh, I will also have the first episode of my DC Comics at 80 Years miniseries along. And who knows what else. Check back in about a week for another blog entry. Thanks for listening to me ramble on. And um, I hope everybody had a happy, safe and healthy Christmas and New Year. Uh, I wish you all best of luck this year. I hope you all stay healthy and don't get the cold, the flu. I hope you don't have to deal with too much snow. And... Let's make 2015 a great one. Come back in a few weeks for the next episode. Until then, thank you for listening and take care. She might stumble if they push her out. She might fall, but she'll never lie down. It's not so bad. You have reached the end of another episode of Pop Culture Affidavit. All music, clips, and other material used in this podcast are the property of their respective copyright holders, and since this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and I make no money off of it, no infringement is intended. Images, clips, show notes, and essays on other topics random in the world of popular culture can be found at Pop Culture Affidavit, which is located at popcultureaffidavit.com. 
feedback can be sent by email to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. Pop Culture Affidavit also has a Facebook page, and you can like the podcast at facebook.com slash popcultureaffidavit. This podcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Network of Podcasts, which is the division of the Demonsacor of Milan, Italy. You can download this podcast and many other great podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. Want to support this and the other Two True Freaks podcasts? Go to twotruefreaks.com and click the Amazon.com link. It costs you no extra money, but really helps us all out. Thank you for listening and come back next time for some more pop culture randomness. Just an ordinary day and it's all your state of mind. At the end of the day, you just got to say it's alright. It's alright, it's alright. Cause I've got a smile.